book of 1 Timothy chapter number 1. We've been studying the the commission, the charge that Paul has given to Timothy, the uh, the guidance that he's trying to to give him here. And as as Christians, we have been charged to the same charge as Timothy to to spread the gospel. And tonight we're going to look at one specific charge that that Paul made to him in verse number nineteen. First Timothy chapter one. Verse 19. Well, let's back up to verse 18. Don't want to leave it out. So this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the proclamation, excuse me, the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck. Two words I want to focus on is the first two words in, in verse number 19, and that is holding the faith. He, he told Timothy here, he, he said, this charge I'm committing unto thee. All this what he's covered in, in verse number one. Teach no other doctrine. The, the, the mercy that God had toward Paul and, and that mercy, same mercy that Timothy has carried throughout the entire world. This charge that thou mightest war a good warfare. It's hard to talk to people about Jesus. It shouldn't be. It is. I'm in a Christian school and it's still hard to talk to people about Jesus. I've only been there for a week and it's been a dramatic culture shock. But, uh, but it's still difficult to, to start that conversation, spark that conversation. And they're willing and able to talk to you about Jesus. It, it's a beautiful thing. I, I've never thought I'd see anything like it in a school. And uh, it, it's still difficult to talk to people about Jesus. It, it's, it's just hard. It's even harder to talk to people about things that, that maybe are in their life that aren't quite right. It's even harder to talk to ourselves about things in our life that aren't quite right. And whenever we're talking about spiritual warfare, a lot of times we, we think about fighting the, the, the world, fighting the, the man, the government, Satan, fighting the things of this earth that, that try to, to hold down God. And we don't really talk about fighting ourselves that much. As a spiritual warfare, we fight our fleshly man all the time. We fight part of us that, that don't always want to do right. We may think we always want to do right. We may try to believe that we always want to do right. But we don't always want to do right. We can't. Brother Lynn Martin said in chapel this morning, he said, uh, he used to preach that once you get saved, everything will be rosy, everything is good. That, that's it. That's the hardest part. And uh, he said he soon had to revise that statement in that once you're saved, the real battle begins. And, and, and that's the absolute truth of it. After you're saved, you, you not only have a responsibility in that you're representing Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility also to take that representation and, and exemplify Christ to the world through your actions, through yourself. And that's what Paul is telling Timothy. He said, in order to do that, in order to, to war a good warfare... He said, I want you to hold to the faith. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some have put away. We understand that, that whenever we lose hold of something that we believe in, that it can potentially wreck our life. That it, it can really, really, really shake things up. Most of us have, have people that we've really believed in, really put a, a lot of trust into. And, and whenever something like that happens, it, it takes a lot to get that back. My parents always said, and I tell my school kids the same thing, 
I'll trust you until I give you a reason not to. And it's really, really easy to break that trust. It's really, really hard to get it back. Brother Ben Mike Lowry told a story of the man that stood up on the mountain. And he had a man that had done him wrong, spread rumors all over the world, and he caught him up on top of that hill, and he cut the pillowcase open. And the feathers went everywhere. He told the man, he said, now go pick up the feathers. The man said, I can't do it. He said, I forgive you, but you can't take back what you said. You can't pick up the feathers. We can't pick up the feathers today. We, we, we can't do it. It's, it's hard whenever we begin to war in ourselves. It's, it's hard whenever we begin to fight ourselves. And then once we, once we lose that faith, once we lose that confidence, once we lose the trust of others, it's hard to get it back. It's hard to listen to someone who, who has a bad name in the community. It's hard to... There's a story, and it may be real, it may be false, I don't know. But there's a, a cop pulled over a car. And he got up to the window. The woman started cussing at him and throwing a fit, and I mean just blowing him out. She said, why would you stop me? I wasn't speeding. I didn't run a red light. I don't know why you stopped me. He said, yeah, but that woman up there cut you off. And whenever I heard you, the way you were swearing at her, I noticed your bumper sticker. It said, follow me to Sunday school. I assumed that the car was stolen because her actions did not justify what, what was around her. We can have a, a, a scripture on our Facebook page, on our Instagram page. We can carry a Bible with us. We can have a Jesus fish on our bumper. That don't make us a Christian. Holding to the faith. And that goes so much further than, than just with what's within me. All of my life, I've I believed in certain things, and, and, and the Bible has to be one of those if we're going to be a Christian. And that's something that, that we have to hold fast to. There's very few things in this life that we can truly depend on. The Bible being one of those is something that we should never let go. Because if we ever turn it loose, if we ever ruin that influence, if we ever ruin that name, then I'm not saying that God can no longer use us because God can use anybody. But it would be a little bit harder for us to be used of God at that point. He told Timothy, he said, holding faith. Flip over, if you would, to the book of James. James is my favorite book in the Bible. And after uh, I was staying with Nanny and Papa one time, it wasn't just a little while. We got talking about Bible. Papa, Papa Aubrey, he always studied at night. I'm sure he studied in the morning, too. I just never was up that early. But he always studied at night, and he sat there at the kitchen table, and he'd pick up them big old glasses, and he'd, he'd put on his glasses. He commenced flipping through that study Bible that looked like it must have been 100 years old. Turns out he had just worn it out. That, that's, that's what it means whenever you're really studying God's Word. You wear out a Bible or two. Every night that we'd stay with him, he'd pull out that Bible, and he'd go to reading and we'd all sit there and we'd talk and, and we got to talking about where our favorite verses were and where our favorite book was. And I told him it was James and my grandma who never really chimed in a whole lot whenever we got to talking about the Bible. She said, that's my favorite one too. And she commenced to tell me why. And the main thing is that she said that, she said, James tells us what we have to do to prove that we're a disciple of Christ. What it takes to, to prove it. And, and y'all know that I really like to use those words and I told the kids in school today, I, I have a seventh grade Bible class first period for the guy I'm filling in for right now. And I told him today, I, I said, you can say that you're a Christian all you want, but if you say you're a Christian and then you, you go and, and, and you say ugly words to this person over here, then you're not being Christian. Saying you're a Christian and being you're a Christian uh, is two totally different things. 
anybody can say that they're a Christian. If y'all remember a year or two ago, there was a uh, a woman that was a whole lot lighter skinned than me was the uh, said that she was the the president of NAACP and that she claimed to be uh, she claimed to be African American and she was a lot lighter colored than me. People say, well, I can be anything I want to be. No, you can't. The woman of the year was a man in 2016, 17. Woman of the year was a man. He, she, it was considered to be the woman of the year just because it decided it wanted to be a woman. We can say what we want to do. That don't change what we are. And so whenever we say that we're a Christian, that don't, that don't change what we are. The life that we live determines if we're a Christian. Well, let's read it. James in chapter number 2, we're going to begin in verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14. What doth it... Let me start over. What doth it profit, my brother? Though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a sister or brother be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace. Be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding you gave them not those things which are needful of the body. What doth it profit? Even so faith that have not worked is dead being alone. You can have all the faith in the world in your heart. But if you don't live it out, it is alone. Holding to that faith that, that Paul was talking about to Timothy it is maintaining that relationship with God, maintaining that grasp on the things that are true, the things that are holy, the things that are righteous, the things that God said, the Bible. Living it out is the second half of that. James said, even so faith, if it have not works, it is dead, being alone. Yea, a man say, though thou, uh, thou hast faith, and I have works, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, I've always found that statement very, very curious. He says, show me thy faith without thy works. How do you show somebody your faith without works? How does that work? When I get to heaven, I want to ask James what he meant. Show me thy faith without thy works. It is extremely hard to show faith in something if you don't do something. If I say I have utter and complete faith and confidence in that bench, but I don't ever sit down, how do you know I have faith and confidence in that bench? You don't. You can't. If I say I have utter and complete faith and confidence in this Bible, but I never show it, I never prove it, I never live it out. How, how far does that go? It's like the, the guys that say, that'll say sell you something. And they say, yep, got that out of sight warranty. When I'm out of sight, it's out of warranty. That's it. Now that, that's as far as it goes. I believe you as far as I can throw you. That's, that's people always say it. Whenever it goes, comes down to faith, it, you can, I can believe you. But it carries a little bit more weight whenever you show it, whenever we prove it. James says, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. I won't have to tell you that I'm a Christian. I've told several of you before whenever I was in college, a guy asked me that question, and it hurt because he had to ask me if I was a Christian. All my life, it's never been a question of whether or not we went to church, ever. If the door was open, we was there. The week that uh, that Hurricane Katrina come through when I was a kid, we uh, we were in church. We uh, we had flashlights and no air conditioning. We left all the doors open. But we were in church, us and probably a dozen others. 
we, we didn't miss church. If we were leaving on vacation, we would uh, we wait and leave after church. If we were coming home from vacation, we made sure we was back before church was in. I come to church in a uh, in a, a pair of coveralls, you know, the work coveralls that zips all the way up, blue mechanics were. I had my basketball uniform on underneath it because we had a game on a Wednesday night. And it wasn't an option of whether or not I had to go to church. Living at home, we had to go to church. And, and that was something that was instilled within us. And, and I'm not saying that making it a habit is bad. Making it a habit is good. Doing it for the wrong reasons is bad. And even though I, I, was, I was taught and brought up to go to church all the time, we had devotions at the house most every night if, if nothing happened. And we'd sit around and we'd read the Bible, usually the daily Bible reading out of the Sunday school lesson. We'd talk about it. And we always sat down and had family meals together and we'd pray together. When I got to college, I, I didn't have my family there anymore. You know who was there to wake me up and make sure I was in church Sunday morning? You. Me. And I was tired. Fortunately, they had a late service. It didn't start at 11 o'clock. And so I got to where once I found me a church to go to, I got to where I went pretty good. But most of my life, I didn't live like I was a Christian. I didn't go out and, and drink and party and do drugs. I, I didn't do that. But whenever we're living like we're a Christian, we're not just living a good life. It's, it's more than that. We're not just living a life that the, the world can look and say, well, that, that person is different. Yes, that's part of it. And, and that's what James is saying here. He's saying that, that, that we can say that we have faith and we can have faith. But if we don't prove it by our works, it's not doing us an awful lot of good. He said faith without works is dead. Even so, faith, if it have not works, it is dead being alone by itself it cannot stand and so as we go out into this world we we are to prove we are christians not by what we say but by what we do by the faith that we put into action verse 18 excuse me 19 thou believest there is one god and thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble but wilt thou know o vain man that faith without works is dead was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect. By his works, by his actions, by what Abraham did, we saw his faith. If God had told Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go offer Isaac. Abraham said, okay, God. And then didn't go. Abraham could say, I have faith. But he didn't go. How do we know he had faith? He went. He drew the knife back. God had to stop him from taking the, the, the promised child. He was justified by his works. Verse 23, And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Ye see that how by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Now, we are not talking about salvation at all. Don't, don't get me wrong and don't misconstrue this. We are not talking about salvation. We're talking about being a disciple of Christ after salvation. We're talking about living a life that God will be pleased with after salvation. We're talking about me, individual, only I fulfilling my part of the Great Commission. I love studying on the Great Commission. It's, it's interesting and, and most of the time convicting. All of the time convicting. The Great Commission was given to who? 
church. Jesus said that he told his disciples, he told the apostles, he told the, the, the saved people that was gathered there. And we say, well, it, it was given to the church. Whenever churches have the Great Commission, they say this is the purpose of the church. Who makes up the church? Saved individuals. People baptized into the body of Christ. The commission was given to the church, yes, but to individuals as well. As much as it is the church's responsibility to go and, and teach and preach in the world, it is my responsibility to teach and preach in the world. As I am part of that church, therefore I am part of that great commission. And wherever James is talking about having faith and proving your faith by your works, he's talking about living out that great commission. He's talking about living out that whenever Jesus says in, in the book of Mark, chapter number 16, he says, he says, be a witness unto me. Acts in chapter 1, he says, be a witness unto me. If we're going to witness, if, if we're going to go and tell the things that Christ has done, then we have to do something more than, than say, hey, I know Jesus. The biggest shock that, that I've had this past week at Ben's Ford has been the amount of politeness, the amount of kindness, the amount of kids that's, that's come up and, and shook my hand and said good morning. Never seen them before in my life. Ever. Still want to say good morning. The the girls that come up and I, I stand out in, in the front with uh, with assistant principal in the morning and, and greet everybody as they come in. Mainly because I want to put names to faces because I'm terrible with names. And I stand out there and I tell everybody good morning and they all say good morning back. I've never been to a place that did that other than church. Most people here do that. I've never been to a place where, where people showed you kindness, not because they had to, but because they wanted to. That is the heart of someone who has faith in God. Because if we have faith in God, then we maintain that relationship with God. If we have faith in God, then we are obedient to God. And Ephesians chapter number 4 tells us to be kind-hearted one to another. If we're to be kind-hearted one to another, that means that we are proving our faith through our works, through our actions. Times in my life I found myself being cruel. Not on purpose. Sometimes I come off that way. I've been told before that I scare people whenever I judge a contest because I'm overly critical. And it's not that I'm on purpose overly critical. It's that I, I pick out the things that are wrong because I want them to do better the next time. But sometimes I come off as, as cruel and then I invite them to church. Guess what they say? I ain't coming to your church. Yes, that's exactly what they say. I ain't coming to your church. We have to do more than, than talk. We have to do more than tell people. We, we have to show them. If we're going to convince somebody that, that we're a Christian, if we're going to convince somebody that our cause is worth joining, in Brother Destin's class right now, they're watching the movie The Patriot. And it's a pretty good movie. And during the American Revolution, the colonists, the, the regular army, the militias had to talk people into joining their cause. And in order to get the people sold out, in order to get the people to join them, they had to give them a reason. We've got to give people a reason to be sold out for Christ. We have one. He saved our soul. That's all the reason we should need. But the lost people that we're talking to, that we're trying to witness to, that we're trying to invite to church, they don't, they don't know what that means. Saved from what? We have to give them a reason to be sold out. We have to show them that we are different. We have to show them that, that we are justified not only by our faith, but by our works and and. Faith without works is dead. 
Verse number 26. And we'll close. He said, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. As Timothy was entering into the ministry, Paul saw it fit, and, and God even saw it fit to put it in his word. He told him to hold the faith. Holding faith and a good conscience. Whenever we lose faith in God, whenever we, whenever we mess up, does our conscience get us? Holy Spirit convict us? That's, that's, that's good. Whenever it don't, then we're in trouble. But he's telling him, he, our, our Holy Spirit will convict us if we miss an opportunity to witness to Christ, uh, to others about Christ. The Holy Spirit will convict us if we're, uh, if we're cruel, if we're mean for no apparent reason. If we have an opportunity to be kind and we're not. The Bible says, For him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. It is bad. To put it very, very simply, it is wrong. If we know to do good, if we know that, that through our faith in God we have an opportunity to do good, we have an opportunity to help people, we have an opportunity to show love, to show kindness, to, to obey God, to reach out to others, if we know that it is our job, that it is our responsibility, that God has given this opportunity before us today, and we miss it, it is wrong. And we have slipped just a little bit in our holding to the faith. Because if we're holding to the faith, if we are truly sold out for God, then we'll take every opportunity He gives us. If we are truly sold out for God, then we'll be kind all the time. If we are truly sold out for God, we will obey Him completely, utterly, totally, all the way. I told my kids playing basketball, I didn't ask much of them. I don't want much as a coach. I understand they're, they're young, they're dumb, they can't help it. I only have one request. I want 100%, 100% of the time. That's it. Once you leave the court, you're done. You can start slacking off again. But as long as you're playing, as long as you're on the field, as long as you're on the court, as long as you're wearing a jersey, as long as you're in the game, give 100%. 100% of the time. And as a Christian, that is what holding to the faith is. It's giving 100%, 100% of the time for God. Well, we have a verse for a song. We'll ask for a verse of invitation.